Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for watching me on the YouTubes. Really appreciate you liking my show. Uh, quick announcement before I get into it. I'm doing a kind of a residency at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank for the next one, two, I don't know, four uh, Thursdays. I'm going to be doing a, a show in the YooHoo room, just like a small, intimate show. I want to work out some new stuff. Uh, Josh Potter will be joining me on these, a few of these. Uh, you may know him as the cockroach on your mom's house. Um, so yeah, check out those dates, Christina P. Online in the YooHoo room. Very small. Uh, September 22nd, I'm in Las Vegas. I do the Life is Beautiful Festival with Billie Eilish. OMG. How cool is that? Seriously. I'm not a regular mom. Oh, You're a cool mom. Fucking A, man. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee, October 3rd through 5th. Um, and then uh, October 17th, Irvine, California at the Improv. October 25th, I'm doing the Ice House in Pasadena. And then uh, November 22nd, Seattle, Washington. November 23rd, Portland, Oregon. Tickets at Christina P. Online. And uh, that's that. That's exciting. Cool there you moms. go. <laughs> Not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. I'm a cool mom. A uh, lot of cool mom stuff happening in the ethers. Um, first of all, I, I am a little sicky and I, I'm a, I take that as a personal failure. I feel like I should be better than getting sick, but I, I hate it. Um, but I'm super excited because moms, the holidays are upon us. And I don't know about you, but I think because my childhood was so deficient in, uh, joy and pleasure that I make it a really big priority in my home to decorate the heck out of it. I'm talking multiple trips to Michael's Arts and Crafts. Um, I've decided on a huge, I'm going to do a huge Halloween display in my house on the credenza that's going to run. Did you just put that picture up of my dad? I, mean, I did. How dare you? Okay, I'm, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, I'm going to do a huge holiday spread for Halloween. And then here's what I've decided I'm going to go bold because I like Christmas so much. I'm going to put Christmas lights on my house November 1st. Yes. And you know what? The neighbors can suck it. Y'all can go ahead and judge me. But when you drive by my house and you see these lights, these festival of lights, this, this display of joy and Christian love, you're going to be envious and you're going to like it. Wait. So, yes, sorry. Go I'm, ahead I'm new to this Christian stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, well, what's mm -hmm. a normal time for, for Christmas lights sure. to go on? So the early birds, they like to do it after... Thanksgiving. So some early bird Christmas lovers will go get their tree on Thanksgiving. Oh, so you're going to be taking down your Halloween decorations and yes. then immediately putting up Thank you. Christmas? Now you're seeing what a cool mom is. Now you're realizing what my game is like. That's right, bros. Catch me outside. How about, How about that? that? How about that? Now here's the exciting news is that all this holiday stuff is half off when you buy it early, like in September at Michael's Arts and Crafts. I'm going to spend a, a GD fortune on this and my children are going to have the best holidays ever and they're going to look back fondly <laughs> I, mean, I guess I you could know. say that's a mom hack is it oh yeah that yeah, is buy a mom those decorations hack. so early half uh, off hey that is a mom hack if you go to michael's now I, I know some of you in the midwest listening you guys have the hobby lobby which i'm a huge fan of often i will shop at the hobby lobby if i'm in ohio if i'm in these uh, uh places um i bring a bigger suitcase so there's that. Um, and also, might I invite you this holiday season? They're, they're coming. Everyone's starting to make plans. Uh, I say this every year. Don't do stuff you don't want to do. I know we feel obligated to invite, uh, you know, your drunk uncle so-and-so over and have your parents over the whole way. And then you don't, you don't have to do any of that stuff, just so you know. You don't. It's a choice. Uh, why make yourself miserable either opt out of doing the stuff you hate or do, do what we do. I invite people to our house. I'm like, just, you can fly across the country. You can stay in a hotel and I will host you, but you're not staying at my house. There's a Marriott, a courtyard Marriott. Very nice. They've got, uh, they've got uh, continental breakfast in the mornings. 
but I ain't flying my kids across the country for the for for anything on over the holidays. So have you ever had to have a yeah. conversation like that where someone was expecting to stay with you? Yeah, and then yeah. you had to be the one to be like, "Oh no, you're staying in a hotel." Every time, and we I and I'll tell you what, and I will take credit for this. I am the biggest guardian of my own sanity because I've had to deal with toxic parents my whole life. I'm the one that will say it for Tom. <laughs> I'll be like. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have guests. We don't. We don't do it. I just tell people we don't. I don't do it. But you know what? I will do. Refer you to a courtyard Marriott. Down. They have lovely rates if you book in advance. Oh, so you don't even allow them time to like follow up on like. Oh, why don't you guys do it? You're automatically like, look, I'm gonna help you book it. It's gonna yes, be super easy. Yes, 100. Here's oh, what. You, yes. Here's what you do is you. You say, well, there's a that Airbnb. There's a few places nearby. You might be more comfortable in, and, and realistically, you say, listen, you're going to be more comfortable at a hotel or an Airbnb. You don't want my my kids are screaming everywhere. There's pee on the floor. Everybody's, you, you know, rubbing feces everywhere. You don't want to be in my house. You oh, want to yeah. be at the the courtyard. You throw a couple like, well, you know, we're our, yeah. us as a house are up at four a.m. every mm-hmm. day. So if you want to be a part of that, yes, uh, chanceless because that's not hundred percent. And it's better for you. It's better for me. It's better for everybody. And they can't, they just know I'm kind of an a-hole that way. And they're used to me being this way. But I like to say that I'm being, I like to be respectful of everybody's boundaries. Now, do you so. offer to pay for their hotel too? Sometimes. If it's if it's really a touchy, we did in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning as a way like, hey, but here's this great hotel we're going to put you up at. And now we're just like, okay, you can pay. Like, you know what dicks we are. You just fly yourself out you paid for your own shit so that's like a two three visit process to get yeah. to that point yeah Solid. first time you it's your offering and if you book enough in advance like if you're looking at hotels now before they jack up the end flights now the whole key is planning you got to plan for your dysfunctional family get in there now set up your boundaries set up your time limits on interactions and stuff who you're going to bring with you to those dinners to make them less painful all that stuff needs to be thought out Oh, man, so many good mom hacks right at the top of the episode. Thank you, native. Also, I have a fun poop story. My kid was playing in the backyard barefoot yesterday and stepped in dog poop. And he came in and he wiped it off a little. Um, And then he was touching his feet. I go, oh, you got dog poopy on on your feet. And he rubbed his feet. And then he saw me and he came up and he gave me a big hug. And then he touched my face like this. (laughs) oh hands on cheeks like full facial hand and it was it was sweet because he's like i love you mommy like he did it like i love you (laughs) and the smell of dog poo is really like none other like it's oh it's so strong and noxious how'd you deal with it i ran i was like cool but i'm so used to being covered in body stuff that i was like all right i, I just I got mom's gotta go wash her face and then you just i ran upstairs and i washed my face were you trying hard not to like traumatize like was that in the back of your head no. like, oh don't start yelling like oh you got shit on my face no it wasn't and it wasn't like brown poopy on my face it was like the, the remnants of the smell of the browns so it wasn't like he rubbed poo on me it was like the the oils and no and, and he should learn not to put poopy hands on people i think that's a shaming a little is fine all right uh oh good so i want to open up with this lovely clip from lil boozy i found this on the gram um is this generation (laughs) doomed these moms think so i just wanted to play this for you guys um, I love it when rap, he's a rapper, right? I think he's a rapper, right, Nita? I'm not sure. I don't know little Boozy is, but I follow him for some reason. And I really admired this piece of wisdom he had. Let's let's play this for the listeners. Hey, we got to watch what our kids watching on TV. I woke up this morning, my kids were watching a cartoon, and they was kissing and touching and fucking. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. But I hurry up and shit that shit off. Putting that fucking gay shit on them chair. Remember I said this. In 20 years, remember I, this world and change. In 20 years, they're going to have a gay president. Watch. Watch what I say. Just watch what I say. Okay. Like, I was on board for the first part of this. He's like, you got to watch what your children are watching. I'm like, yeah, that's a relevant point, Lil Boozy. Thank you. You should be cognizant of what your children are. And then he's like, and then... Cartoon, people are touching each other. I'm like, what cartoon is this? Because I, I don't know. 
And then it gets into an anti-gay rant. And that the gays are going to be present. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's no cartoon for children where gay people are effing. Right? I don't think so. Anyway, uh, my mother, I'm trying to think back to when I heard about gay people. And I remember it was the time my mother and her boyfriend took me to see the movie Reform Schoolgirls. Uh, it's a rated R film. And I was about <laughs> eight years old. And um, there was lesbians making out. And I asked my mom, I was like, mom, what, what is that? And she goes, "Ugh, those are dykes, disgusting dykes. And I remember I was like, dyke, that's the best word. I, it was the funniest word I'd ever heard, a dyke. And I kept calling my mom a dyke after. <laughs> I'd be like, mom, you're a dyke. And she's like, don't call me a dyke. I'm like, mom, you're a dyke. Are they dykes? Everybody became a dyke. <laughs> isn't dyke kind of, a, it feels like an old timey word for lesbians. Yeah, you don't hear it often. Anymore. No, it's so, cl it's like such an a vintage old school way. And she was so homophobic. She was always like, I don't know what these dykes are doing, licking each other's to death. I don't know what they can do to each other's. There is no penis. There is no penis. Like she couldn't wrap her brain around that there was no penis and i neither could i frankly i mean i just learned about heterosex and then gay sex i i you know i still um sometimes i'm like i don't know what do these fucking bitches do with each other <laughs> it just seems like so elaborate to be gay to be a lesbian i mean you have to i mean it's, it's so easy uh, being hetero you know my husband uh just in out and out and then boom bob's your uncle and we're done it's uh it's it's so much easier I feel like a lesbian, you gotta put your face down there. It takes hours. I don't know what they do. I don't know what licking each other is to that. Nadav, your dad was from Israel. How did he explain gayness to you? I'm sure it was very heartfelt. And <laughs> no, I mean, there was no explanation. I, I remember <laughs> I remember he took, uh, this was like first summer of college. Uh, one of my buddies was like visiting like uh, my, my hometown. Like I was born and raised in LA, so he was hanging out in LA. And... Uh, he was like, oh, you, you want to go see Bruno? Do you remember the movie Bruno? Yeah, I loved it. It was Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, it was his brilliant. gay character. Brilliant. So my dad is trying to like be nice, and he's like, oh, I'll take you to the movies. Yo, Sasha Baron Cohen, because he loved like Ollie G. And, so like, does all my that dad. They love Borat. it. Because it's on PC. That's why. Right. Because yeah. uh, like, it reminds you of like the olden yeah. days. <laughs> when you could you just know, say the N-word freely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so... He took us to Bruno, and me and my friend are laughing our asses off because it's a you know it's a funny movie, and my my dad is just arms crossed, shaking his head like during the entire movie, mm. and multiple times he asked me, he was like, "You think this is funny?" <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty funny. He's like, "This is disgusting." <laughs> like, all right, Dad. <laughs> so disgusted, ah, disgusting. Yeah, my dad too, very homophobic. Very, he's always telling they always um they say you know uh, in Hungary we are not homophobic but I don't want to see this gay stuff in the street. It's the butt. It's the yeah, butt yeah, that but, I always go. I'm not homophobic yeah, but, but I'm not racist but yeah, you know yeah I do. They have to do this parading around telling you I'm gay. When they then there's like all that homophobic argument of like. How come I don't have straight parades? I'm right. like, because every day is the straight parade, dickhead, you know? It's so racist, so funny. I don't know. I mean, and, and everybody's like, how do you explain it to your children? How do you talk to your... It's like, you just tell them. Like, there's gay people, there's straight people, there's trans, there's whatever. And I, I don't know. Everybody makes a big deal out of potty training, FYI. I, oh, this is a mom story I have. Everybody, since Ellis was like, you know, 16 months old, you got to potty train them at that time. There's a narrow window. And if you miss that 16 month window, he's not going to be potty, not potty trainable until he's three. And you don't want to wait because then they get, and it's like, whoa. And then there's books on potty training. There's theories on potty training. And then, you know, your friends tell you notes on how their potty training is going. It's like this neurosis around taking a dump in the toilet. And I swear we didn't force him. I just figured, you know, he's not going to be a 40 year old man dumping into a diaper. Like one day he's going to take a dump in the toilet and you know, cause the kids at school are doing it, the, the peer pressure. And sure enough, uh, I think it was four days ago he was peeing on the toilet cause he does that. 
And Tom and I were there and he goes, I have to go poo-poo. And Tom goes, great, sit down and make a poo-poo. And so he did. And it was just that simple of like, I want to go poo-poo on the toilet. Great, go. And now he poo-poos on the toilet every night. And it's a fantastic thing, but there was no method. There was no elaborate teaching. And um, I'm beginning to suspect that Americans are a little a little too, what's the word, anxious about milestones and um, the training and the training. It's like, don't worry about it. The kid's going to, eventually they're going to do the stuff they see their peers uh, doing. So for those of you asking me how I potty trained my kids, I didn't. I just waited for him to tell me I want to try it because he he sees us. I poo in front of my kids. I (laughs) told them freely. I pee in front of him. And one day he wanted to try it. He was curious and he tried it. Now, Allison Rosen, P.S., last what, what week. What age was he when he did that? The pee-pee? The poo-poo. This was last week. Oh, He's three sh- and a half. Ooh. I know. Congratulations. Thank you. It's exciting. And, um, you know, it's, it's a process, too. Like, you know, it's scary for them. It's it's the it's whole new world. Allison Rosen was on here last week. And remember, she was saying that she changes her tampon in front of her two-year-old. And uh, is that normal? And at the time, I think I was so stunned that I was like, yeah, it's fine. I, I got to tell you guys, it is not okay to change your tampon in front of a tear. Now, I've been thinking about it all week. <laughs> I've been like, Allison, no, sorry. I changed my answer, girl. Stop doing it. Stop. You're traumatizing your kids. Never change your tampon in front of your child. Because I'll tell you why. I have vivid memories of my mother. She was blonde hair, but she had red pubes. She was a fire crotch. And she would uh, regularly be naked in front of me as she was getting ready and I remember her like showing me how to put in her tampon as a young girl and I remember seeing her douchebags under the sink yeah and it's like you know I think for me personally I have such vivid horrifying memories of my mother and her periods and her douchebags and her soggy melon gorilla tits that like I don't I don't want my kids to have any of that uh, it's like when Lisa Milano was in here and she was talking about her mom breath on her children. You know, when you go to kiss your kid and you're like, oh God, do I have that coffee mom breath? Yes, of course. You want to give them as little as possible to be um, stunted, uh, traumatized by, especially little boys with their moms because, you know, that just goes to their way. Oh, good. Oh, here's another picture. Is this up? The listeners can, are the viewers? Yep, yep, they can see it. Oh, fuck. You guys, what you guys are looking at, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I, I advise you to watch this on YouTube. Subscribe. What you're looking at was the subject of many a therapy session with my shrink. Um, I, I have actually brought this photo into my therapist. Um, we've gone over it a few times. <laughs> okay, here's there's a few things going on here. For those of you just listening, it's my father and myself. It's a picture of me holding my Cabbage Patch doll. I'm about seven years old. It's um, it's him standing shirtless in front of our fireplace, and I'm standing in front of him, and he has his hands, his hand on my chest, and I'm holding the Cabbage Patch doll, and he's shirtless. Did I mention that he's shirtless in our living room? And there's a fire going behind him, which and, implies and this that was it's the Christmas card. That's well, that was getting there. Yeah, this is the the what my father chose to be our christmas card now mind you he's got the fireplace roaring in the background but he's shirtless so it's a confusing (laughs) we'll get there it's a confusing image because like it's is it so cold outside that we need the fireplace i guess not because he doesn't need a shirt it must be warm inside so it's that always bothered me that's number one just the decision to be shirtless in a christmas card is bizarre as ever uh, viewers also so behind my father is a portrait of me that one of his hoes had commissioned as a way of endearing themselves to him I, it's the ugliest portrait of me ever drawn <laughs> i have it in my home right now because it's so bad the eyes don't even look like mine I, I have brown eyes i think the painting has blue like i don't even have a yellow dress i've never worn it, it it's completely um horrible and it was just some some coke whore that my dad was banging who had it made. Mm. But that's the television I spent many an hour in front of. I watched MTV in the summer of 1984 on that television. I watched Cyndi Lauper. I watched Prince. 
this is horrible. I hated this house. I hated, uh, oh gosh, my dad banged so many sluts in this house. Just a fucking menagerie of uh, being a bad parent. So anyways, Merry Christmas. That's the Christmas card. So I'm going to reenact this with my family is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> my Christmas card. My husband's going to get shirtless. So am I. All the kids are going to gather around. <laughs> so I asked my shrink. I was like, why do you think, why do you think my father chose to be shirtless? Um, in a picture like a, it's supposed to be a paternal family picture like why the choice to go shirtless and my shrink was like well because he looks good he looks good and he wants to show off that he looks good I'm like it's an odd time to, to do that like the family portrait that's like me like I have I got to show these tits off I got to show off my body on the Christmas I that is kind of like the sexy wedding dress thing though you know you're like you're supposed to be the whole point of the white wedding dress in the church is that you it's modesty you're vir, you know virginal and then i love when women are like i gotta sex it up it's my wedding dress i gotta show my tits i gotta show my ass like okay <laughs> Woo, thanks and dove i gotta call my shrink i am triggered <laughs> let's bring up this adidas mom by the way I've got this sent in. This is probably one of my favorite. This is the cool mom of the week. Um, also, if you have time to get oh. hit with the kids with cool moms. Oh. Oh. Um, so go ahead. And uh, if you have any cool mom moments, hashtag it. Cool mom. Um, hashtag WMMA. There she is. Yeah. Let me see at your cool mom moments. So this lady decided to match. <laughs> her adidas tracksuit with her son <laughs> it's so dope i love it so much and uh she writes just a quick post from can't say it a hashtag cool mom if you're not coordinating your adidas jacket with your nine-year-old son you're doing it wrong so this is awesome thank you so much this is fezig carolas from edmonton alberta thank you for sharing that amazing yeah how many more years do you think she has before uh her son won't <laughs> want to match with her <laughs> Oh, no, I don't even do it now to him. I, I, I don't do it. I intentionally don't. I don't match my two children, although now they want to be matched. So I'm like, cool. I think that's how you do it is you, you don't do it at first and then they ask you to do it. But this is, this is hilarious. I mean, I love it. I love making them look cool inadvertently. I, work, I make my kid wear shell tops, Adidas. And my kid's got the tracksuit, of course. What are you fucking dealing with here? All right, what's next? What do we got, Native? Ah, we got a little bougie. We did that. Oh, let's see this segment. You let your kids eat what? I found this interesting article. Hold on. I found you this. You let your kids eat what? <laughs> that announcer is amazing. So I saw this article in Newsweek teenager went blind after only eating fries chips white bread sausages and ham since elementary school uh what it's absolutely true apparently i think he had some underlying condition he he, he was malnourished um can you scroll up a little bit let me see what happened here i remember there was some underlying condition and then the doctor learned the boy was quote a fussy eater but he looked well tests revealed he was anemic, that's what it is, and had low levels of vitamin B12. At the age of 15, his hearing and vision started to fade. An MRI scan revealed he had no structural problems with his ears, while an eye test similarly failed to reveal any structural cause. His vision continued to deteriorate, and by the age of 17, and doctors discovered the boy had suffered damage to his optic nerve. Wow. The teenager had 20, 20, 20, sorry, slash 200 vision, Jesus. meaning he was considered legally blind. Tests showed his body was deficient in nutrients, including B12, as well as copper, uh, selenium, and vitamin D, which is thought to have caused him to have weak bones. <sighs> However, the boy had developed normally and had an average average height, weight, and BMI. How? That's crazy. I feel like I eat one French fry and I'm fat as f all frick. F try not to curse anymore. <laughs> I mean, I thought all that food made you fat. It gets me fat. Anyway, let's see what it, doctor, the, the diet. 
Every day, here's what this kid was eating. Are you ready, moms? Listen to this. Every day, he would eat a portion of fries and snack on Pringles, white bread, slices of processed ham, and sausages. Clinicians prescribed him nutritional supplements and referred him to a mental health service to treat him for avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. Interesting. Most individuals with this condition develop it in middle childhood and are uninterested in food and sensitive detectors and worried about eating. However, their BMA will be normal. Wow, this is crazy. So basically, uh, <laughs> don't let your kids develop this weird thing. I remember this on um, some TV show where this does happen at, at an early age where people are like, I only like eating puskati. I eat puskati with no red sauce and then, or pizza. And then the next thing you know, that's all they're doing. It sounds like a mental health problem. Yeah, I know some people that uh, that do that too. Like, uh, like as adults. Yeah, like uh, you know, I'll hang out with some friends, and like you know, their kids are somewhere around the house, and like we're all eating, and the kid is just sitting there not eating anything. Yeah. And it's like, oh, isn't your kid gonna eat? It's like, nah, he doesn't like normal food. Yeah. It's like he just likes soda and candy. And it's like, Whoa, well, isn't bad. that your job to make sure they like other stuff? See, a lot of other kids that are eat normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is the, the mac and cheese era of toddlerhood. Like when I was, a, when my kids were babies, I feed them everything, every vegetable, every, they'll eat it. And then there's like a toddler taste buds actually are different than ours. They don't taste things the same way we do. So they love mac and cheese and blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, you do have to introduce other foods, obviously. That's when I started showing my kid Popeye. I was like, you see that? Makes that guy strong. And now he wants to eat spinach every day. I'm like, Pfft. best cartoon in the world was Popeye. Oh, but it's politically incorrect because Popeye saves olive oil. She's the feminist. He can't save herself. Yeah, well, dude. Well, guess what? Popeye also taught kids to eat their spinach. It was good. It was inherently good. And olive oil is kind of a nag. She's very annoying. She's very annoying. Not only that, she ain't loyal. She ain't loyal at all to Popeye. Every week, Brutus is over at the house. Like, bitch, you can't tell Brutus to go away. Like, I'm not into you. I'm into Popeye. She's just a hoe, dude. So, whatever. And now let's get back to the show. I like this. Let's go into what would Christina P. do, and then we'll do some, uh, some mom fails. Oh, and I have a few great mom hacks I'd like to get into. Um, okay, this is subject here. Hey, Mommy Tina. I'm a West Virginia mama experiencing guilt about Santa. I have two beautiful girls. They are four and six years old. And like most kids, they are all about Santa, the Tooth Fairy, and the Easter Bunny. I'm afraid when the time comes that they realize none of these are real, and it's been me and their father fucking with them, uh, fucking with their heads for years, that they are going to question everything in their life. I can remember having this conversation with my mom and slowly realizing that all these magical creatures aren't real. And then I asked her if God was real. She is very religious, and that shook her to the core. As for my ch myself and my husband, we aren't really religious, but still I'm afraid my children are going to think I'm a liar and fraud to never be trusted again. When I tell people this, they think I'm silly for feeling this way and that everyone does it. So no big deal, right? But it still bothers me. Am I crazy? Uh, and she writes, fuck, you guys are doing good, Jamie. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jamie, you know, I actually have a couple friends that um, felt the same way about not wanting to lie to their children about Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. Totally valid. However, in this situation, I think what what you're freaking out about is that you right here, I can remember having this conversation with my mom and realizing that all these magical creatures aren't real. And uh, da, 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 da. She's, She is very religious and that shook her to the core. So it sounds like it was kind of traumatic for you to deal with the God stuff with your mom because your mom was the one that actually uh, sounds like had a God thing. So the reason you're probably afraid to, you know, tell the white lie of Santa and all that stuff it's because you think it's going to be as traumatic for them as it was for you. But it probably won't be because it sounds like, like I said, the issue was between you and your mom and the God thing. So that being said, I really think the reason people are like, it's silly for you to feel this way is because it's a white lie that frankly is an inherent good. Uh, what's the harm in a, in a little magic, in a little fantasy? And I got to tell you, like, as, as, as much of a, a fucking garbage fire as my childhood was... <laughs> Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, 
um, even Jesus, the idea that Jesus was real, like brought me so much joy and comfort and magic and Mickey Mouse and all these wonderful things. Don't rob your kid of uh, of just the joys of these innocent little little lies. This is nothing, right? This is nothing. Now, Nadab, did you feel deprived because you were Jewish and your parents didn't give? Don't they have like Hanukkah? The Hanukkah Jew. What I mean, is it? The, uh, the Hanukkah banker comes just and gives Hanukkah. you. <laughs> the Hanukkah troll brings you shekels. <laughs> Don't you guys get um, gold coins? Well, yeah, but I mean, but, but but we got those from our parents, and you know, instead of having like one night on Christmas where you get dope presents, you just get shitty presents for, for eight seven, nights. Oh, yeah. eight nights, yeah. So you just get yeah. like socks and chocolate and stuff. Boo. Fucking um, suck. I'm trying to think. I don't like. I think the Tooth Fairy might have been one of the only like fictitious characters. Like when I was a kid. <gasps> That's and you don't get the you don't get the Easter Bunny because you guys don't do Jesus. Wait, what? You don't do the Easter Bunny because you guys right. don't. Yeah, that was never. A th- I never understood what what's up with the rabbit. Wow. I, I don't I don't understand what that means. I I remember one time I went around collecting eggs at someone's house when I was a kid, <laughs> but I was just like, "This is a lot of eggs." Yeah, they eat at once. The <laughs> Jews don't seem to have many um, just joyful holidays, you know? Like, no, hey. yeah. Well, I mean, most of them are just like, man, remember when they tried to kill us? <laughs> yeah. That was rough. All right, let's have like yeah. some food. You know? It does. It's always to remember your suffering. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I don't like there was never like, yeah, I think there was just one year where uh, where I, I think I was <laughs> I think I was stockpiling my teeth. Wow. When they were falling out, you know, I was just yeah. trying to get like that that tooth fairy money all at once. Hell yeah! And uh, and I put like two or three under my pillow, and I told my mom or my dad, and then they I think they just gave me like one dollar. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> and then they explained to me, I'm like, look, man, this is not real. It's we're not a good one, business model. Doing it. What, maybe my old? brother told me. Oh. Like I want to say like elementary school, like some point in elementary school, I was told maybe third or fourth grade. Elementary school. Elementary, excuse me. Excuse wow. Me. That's fucked up. But yeah, we didn't really have too many, uh, like, uh, hey, I got to sit down. We got to have a real talk about how, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, Uncle Mordecai isn't real. Oh, right, right. I mean, um, I, I found out that Santa wasn't real because of actually one of your tribe. Um, the one Jewish kid at my school, but in third grade, was like, um, Santa's not real because I saw the presents in the closet or whatever. He's a jerk. <sighs> but the worst, man. They're the well, Jews ruin everything. Jews but, are really are Yeah, terrible. just the fuck. But um, no, little lies, fun lies to have. And um, I think they make childhood magical and special. And they're not going to hate you for that. What the kids hate you for is the big stuff. <laughs> Abandonment. Um, <laughs> Abandonment's huge. The big lies, not the little, little lies. It's the big stuff um, that kids will hate. I think personally. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Let's go on. Uh, Oh, Christ. I don't want to answer that one. I don't want oh, to yeah, do that wait. One. We're doing uh, What Would Christina P. Do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we not Whoops. do that? Sorry, guys. You got mom questions? CP's got mom answers. What would Christina P. do? Okay. This one, uh, this is great. She writes, Hi, Mommy. I'm not a mom, but I love your mom stories. I'm a 35. I'm 35 years old. And have no kids. And to be honest, my husband and I really aren't sure if we want kids. Maybe later on down the road. But we are still having no kid fun. My question is, how is the best way to handle people constantly asking, when am I going to have kids? Or when they say, you need to have kids. Valerie. Valerie, girl, I know. Because I was a late blooming mom, I would get asked constantly, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to, especially the in-laws, right? They start drilling you the minute you get married or whatever. So whenever my mother-in-law would ask me, when are you guys going to have kids? I would always say, well, I don't know how babies are made. Can you tell me? (laughs) Or I say, well, Tom and I have butt sex or something. Like I would always play it dumb. Like, I don't know. Can you tell me how babies are made? And then that usually shuts people up. That's my advice to you. Don't engage people. I don't know why it's anybody's business <laughs> when or how people reproduce. It's just silliness. Um, yeah. Why do you have to impose your life on everybody? Good Lord. At least you're getting to sleep and stuff. Okay. Um, okay, Christina. I've been a longtime listener. Thank you very much. I wanted to write in and see how you feel about the state of the future for the newer generations. 
I had a miscarriage four years ago and have been scared of trying again ever since. However, now my fear stems from the state of the world as it is. With global warming being a major issue and not much being done about it, are you concerned for the future of your children? I have major anxiety thinking about bringing a child into this world and them having to deal with all the horrible circumstances they're left with and the way the world is going. Maybe I should just be the cool aunt and help out my nieces and nephews as much as I can. What are your thoughts? Much love, Kay. Kay! What I hear is anxiety. Oh, what's even in your subject line? The subject you wrote, anxiety about having kids with the state the world is in. A lot of times I found when we um, blame or have anxiety about external forces, um, it's usually anxiety about internal forces. Like when people are like, I'm afraid of a nuclear attack. They're actually really depressed. <laughs> it's a sign of being suicidal, actually. I remember when I was suicidal as a teenager, being really fixated on the state of the world and the, everything's falling apart. The, and you're right, though, not to poo-poo. Um, I do think that this global warming stuff is really urgent and horrible. And yeah, of course I worry about the state of the world. But I think in your particular case, it sounds to me, and I'm not a therapist, but it sounds like, because you do mention I had a miscarriage four years ago and have been scared of trying again ever since, that that might be the root of your your fear. And I don't think it's an external thing, the state of the world. I think it's the state of your inner world. So I would suggest, as always, getting into therapy and talking about your loss because it's so terrifying to try having a baby again after you've had... Um, miscarriages i had two miscarriages before i had my first son and that's why i went straight to ivf with the second one because i was like i do not want to have another miscarriage they're just so devastating um so yeah i encourage you to deal with your grief about it talk about it with friends that have been through it though i think the biggest problem is that women don't talk to each other about the sadness and the grief and the confusion about miscarriage it's like this dirty little secret it's also internalized as like a failure. Like you kind of feel like you failed as a mom because you couldn't produce a baby. At least I did. I think it's like this weird, I don't know, this thing of like, this is my only biological thing I'm supposed to do as a woman and I failed at that. Like, and then you blame yourself. You're like, did I cause it? I think I had sushi before I found out I was pregnant. I think I had a massage. I think I had, you know, um, too much wine before I knew I was pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, deal with that grief and I think your, your problems. And, and another thing, I'm not too worried about the human race because we are, um, resilient parasites on this earth and there are enough corporate corporations, um, out there who want to make money off of us surviving. So I wouldn't, uh, right. I mean, we're suck. The human race is such garbage. Uh, we will find a way to survive. Um, we're, we're all going to move to Mars, guys. We're all going to move to the moon. So that'll be fun. Um, what else? We got voicemails. Oh, let's let's hear some voicemails. Yeah, what we got P. two do? voicemails. Okay. Hi, mommies. Um, so I have a question. I'm a new mom. Um, I have a little girl. She's about three months old. And I've been working really hard to try and sleep train her after listening to your podcast. Thank you so much for that tip of advice. It's been super helpful. But now she's going into um, a four-month sleep regression. So she's been waking at night and trying to feed at night and thinking it's time to party and shitting her pants nonstop. I just kind of want to know um, what are some tips and tricks to kind of um, meet this head on and try and get her to where she needs to be, where she's not doing her night feedings anymore and that she's sleeping throughout the night. Thanks so much. I'm here now. Bye. All right, sister, what you're experiencing is known as, every mom chime in, the four-month sleep regression. The struggle is real, it sucks, and my heart goes out to you, it is a real thing. At four months old, babies hit what is known as the four-month sleep regression, where it seems like everything is going haywire, um, and their routines and their schedules get messed up, and yes, they can be up all night. It's It just sucks, and unfortunately you kind of have to just grin and bear it. Um, and you can't really do a whole lot except try to keep their days on schedule as well because that tends to flow into nights. If you are somebody that sleep trains their kids, um, what I love to do is to keep my days very scheduled so that the night follows. So um, someone also emailed asking for a, 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 
a schedule, what that sounds like and looks like. I'll tell you. So four-month-old baby. Oof, I'm trying to remember now. I think they're at still three naps a day. So they wake up, what, 6.30 in the morning? Mine do. Uh, feed. Two hours later, they're asleep. They wake up, play, feed, sleep. <laughs> Every two hours, they're asleep, basically. So I have three naps, and then they're in bed again by 6.37. Google, because I don't know if your baby's breastfed or formula fed. That's a big difference, too, on how they sleep at night. If you're feeding the kid formula, you want to do like a dream feed at 11, and that helps the kid sleep a little bit longer through the night. Again, I don't know if you're, I didn't un understand if you were breastfeeding or, um, or, or formula feeding, but unfortunately, four-month sleep regression, you just have to kind of grin and bear it. And then as a child gets older, by five, six months, that's really when you can start more of a sleep training regime. The general rule is, what's that reflex? <laughs> It's that newborn reflex where their arms go back. I can't remember the name. Um, the doctor told me when that reflex stops, which is the name I can't remember, um, and they can put their hands together and put their hands in their mouth to self-soothe, and the baby weighs a certain amount. Ask your pediatrician all these things. The baby needs to weigh a certain amount to be able to sleep through the night before you can really get into the nitty-gritty of sleep training. The Sleep Easy Solution is a book I recommend for anybody looking into sleep training. That's what I use to sleep train Ellis. And Mitzi the Doula was on an episode um, of this show where my mom's at. If you want to look to that episode, Mitzi's also available as a resource. She's on Instagram, Mitzi the Doula. Mitzi Sanchez is her name, and she will answer any questions if you want to hire her even. I know she's booked right now, but she's in the LA area. Again, The Sleep Easy Solution. It's a short read because I know you're sleep deprived as you're... Uh, trying to sleep your sleep train your kids so the yeah. four month sleep regression it's real it usually lasts for like a month a month and then by five or six by five six months is when you can really get into sleep training with babies yeah all right well that's nice to know that it's you know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel well there's a light at the tunnel of everything and i feel like people would just would have told me that too because <laughs> everything your kid's going through a month from now it's going to be something else and um, it all changes and it all gets a, a lot easier as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, it just it just changes. So hang in there, Mom. The first year sucks and then it gets a lot better. Oh, What's up, Native? We got uh, one more voicemail for uh, oh, oh. what would CP do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Christina. So I have a three-year-old and I also take care of my 81-year-old grandmother who we live in the same house. And... Recently, my three-year-old has discovered that he gets a hard-on when he touches my grandmother's arms or goes to lay in bed with her to watch cartoons. He gets a hard-on doing that. And now he wants to go under the covers and take his pants off. And I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. This is crazy. I did not expect this so soon. What do I do? Do, do your kids uh, get hard-ons and... and what do you do? What do you tell them? Uh, I don't know how to tell them to stop. Can you help? Please. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, I love your show. Thanks. Bye. Jesus. So wait, he touches the grandma's arm and then he gets a heart on? Is that what I heard? Uh, that's what I heard. And then he wants to get under the covers. He's a three-year-old toddler. With grandma with a heart on? Yeah, I think I remember Drew saying something about it where, like, they they could get them. Yeah. That's yeah. all I remember yeah. about it, though. I mean, look, I've seen my kiddos, um, like, when I when you change their diaper, um, that's very normal. Um, in the bathtub, that's very normal for little boys to find their penis and, and touch and explore. Um, however, I'm, I don't know what this is, rubbing the grandma's arm. Um I have no idea, dude. This sounds way... Let's save this for Dr. Drew. How <laughs> don't I think about it? File this under Dr. Drew because this sounds like... I don't know what the fuck is happening. Listeners, do you have anybody? Any kids out there, three-year-olds, who rub grandma's arm and get hard-ons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have any advice on hard-ons, send us an email at wheremymomsat at gmail.com or give us a call at 213-375-5184. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird one. I've not heard that one before. So please share. I mean, uh, if that happened to you, I mean, what, what steps would I you mean, take? I have so many questions. I feel like, the, what, the kid just stands next to grandma and rubs grandma's arm and that gives him a hard on? 
how does she know that he's erect? Is he standing there naked? Do you know what I mean? Like, how, how do we, how, uh, there's a lot going on here. Is grandma touching him? I don't know. Is, is he touching himself? If, if he's touching himself in front of other people, if that's what this question is, then my, my suggestion would to explain to him, like, it's okay to touch yourself, but we don't do that in front of others. We, that's a private thing. And explain that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just behaviors that are public and behaviors that are private. And that's something I might explain to him. Um, yeah. Would you try and get a, like a doctor or a therapist involved yeah. or like this is probably, I normal. would ask. Cause I don't, I don't know what the connection is to grandma. That's kind of what makes me a little like, wait, why is he associating grandma with erection? That's the one thing that makes me feel a little weird. This is when I wish we had the child services button. Just psh, call CPS. No, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I would ask. I would ask a child therapist or somebody more qualified than a comedian. I think, because <laughs> I'm not. I'm sorry. I, I I don't know the details. Is what I'm trying to. I'm trying to say very nicely. I, I don't know the details. I need to know more and definitely get a professional helper. Well, let's table it for Doctor Drew. Is what I'm thinking. Yep, we're filing it. We're filing it in. Okay. Um, general questions, huh? What's the voicemail? Um, the voicemail. Oh, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna like this. Okay. Hey, jeans. This is Katie. Um, I'm a mom from Utah. I just was curious about if you've had any interactions with mommy groups. I recently <laughs> made the grave mistake of asking in a mommy group if it was normal to let your kid pee outside of a minivan on another person's car at the grocery store, <laughs> and I got my ass burned. So I'm just wondering what other listeners or you have had as far as experiences with mommy groups. Keep them high and tight, mommy. <laughs> so she's saying that she reported that she saw a kid peeing on a minivan and was mortified by it. No, I think, I think she reported to the group that she did that with her kid. Hilarious. And then everyone's like, oh, you're a bad mom. But I mean, that kind of seems like a mom hack. <laughs> I think letting them pee in the parking lot's fine. I don't know if you should let them pee on someone else's car. What if they cut in front of you in line at the grocery <laughs> store? Yeah, it's a retaliation lesson. That's very valuable. No, no, maybe not paying on. Other, I don't know. I don't belong to mommy groups because I frankly just don't know of any. I would love to. If you guys want to invite me to your, if you have a cool mommy group, please invite me. Where my mom's at at gmail.com. I'll fucking join. I just hear they're horrible, so I've just stayed away. I've heard. I used to be on those boards a lot when I was trying to get pregnant. Um, where women would post pictures of their vaginal mucus and be like, can you guys analyze this and tell me if I'm pregnant? Or like, uh, I feel so guilty. I am pregnant and I had Carl's Jr. today. It's like, what? Like these women were just out of their minds. So I kind of learned my lesson on that. Um, okay, let me answer one more. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Okay, hold on. This is a good question. I've been listening to your podcast and I have a weird sort of mom-related question. How do you know you actually want kids? And how do you know you won't be a terrible parent? A uh, bit of a backstory. I'm 32 and I've been with my boyfriend for about a decade. When we first began dating, I was very clear that I did not want children and maybe never would. He acknowledged this and we just went on our, with our lives. <laughs> Cut to this. Or earlier this year, he told me that he thought he's thought long and hard about it and he wants to have a family. Here's the thing. How do you know you actually want kids? I'm scared that having children will ruin our relationship. I con I'm concerned how much it will cost. I'm concerned about how shitty the people of the world are. I'm concerned that I'll snap and murder my kid one day, and I know this is shallow, and I don't care. I don't want to destroy my body with pregnancy. Seriously, pregnancy is a horror show that grosses me out. Going to the gym and being strong and fit is a big part of my life, and the idea that I would be essentially becoming a bloated stretch marked hormone monster is not my idea of a beautiful miracle of life so basically how do i know i really want this lauren well let me tell you first of all the body thing i kind of feel like those of us that had shitty bodies before children just have shittier bodies but if you start off with like a rocking bod and you get preggers and you're 32 you're young like they just be snapping back so i wouldn't trip too hard on the body thing and i didn't get stretch marks on my belly or my boobs actually i got lucky so you may got lucky with that also, cocoa butter, was that shea butter? Rub that shit on when you're preggers. Um, okay, how do you know if you want kids? I'll tell you, this is how I knew. This is all, I can't speak for everybody. When you start um, when you start wanting pets, and then you're like, oh, I, I want like two pets. 
<laughs> when one pet is not enough, when you're like, this is not enough responsibility, and then you're like, I need more. I want, I want to love more things in the house. You find yourself getting plants. You find yourself looking at other at women's babies and being like, okay, like I don't, I don't get it, but I feel like that's something I might do. And then all of a sudden, one day, this like switch flips, and it's like this weird biological imperative. Like I remember, just one day, I woke up and I was like, must reproduce, and. It's like this uncontrollable, primal urge to to reproduce. And some of us get the calling, and I guess some of us never do. And um, how do you know you're not going to be a terrible parent? I'll tell you. A, you're asking these questions, and you're being brutally honest with yourself. That means you're probably going to be decent at it. Because I found the people that are crappy parents are people that are crappy at being people meaning they don't have any sense of introspective thought. Um, they don't ask big questions. They don't ask any questions about themselves or others. They're not curious and they're not worried about how they're going to be as parents. So the fact that you're even worried, like, hey, man, I'm not even sure I can do this, is like, that probably means you're going to be decent at it. Um, I didn't want to have kids when I got married either I was 32 when I married Tom and that was a huge thing for us because I was like I don't know dude I'm like I'm just saying I don't know <laughs> cut forward to you know six years later and I had Ellis and it was great so you can change people change all the time um and uh yeah look at your need to nurture that's usually where it started for me getting FIFA really opened me up and changed my life and 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 that, that dog taught me to love, believe it or not. Gosh, I was really shut off before I, I rescued a dog. Rescue a dog. That's my advice. Or a cat or whatever animal it is you like. And see how that feels. Um, that's, at least for me, that was the beginning where I thought, oh, I could be a mom. I'm, I'm pretty good at taking care of, uh, of dogs. So before I go, I want to share some killer mom hacks that were submitted. Um, I love these. Please send in your mom hacks. These are so so great so it says hey jeans just moved into a beautiful new home with my triple d slut wife and five kids congrats <laughs> five kids holy shit oldest being 14 and the youngest being three to our dismay and horror locked in on the three and four year old drawing a mural in crayon all over their brand new furniture and walls this was one week after moving in Good old white toothpaste removed it all without damaging paint or finishes. Just rub, rub, rub it in and then rinse it with vinegar and water mix and paper towel. Michael, thank you. That's actually a dad hack. Um, very interesting. Okay, so you're going to use toothpaste. We'll remove the crayon. You rub it. You rub it in the toothpaste and then rinse it with vinegar and water mix. Oh, so you mix the vinegar water and then you use a paper towel. Okay. Well, let's see if that works. Thanks, uh, Michael. <laughs> I know I'm going to hear a lot of, get the markers that you can write on any of the, the water marker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit don't work either. Okay. Oh, also, uh, Magic Eraser. The Magic Eraser. Buy that one, moms. That's a huge one Mr. Clean makes. The Magic Eraser. That will take off almost anything. Mm. Okay. This is a great one, too. Here's a dad hack. I have four boys, so buying electronics can get expensive. They all have tablets, but they tend to need charging all the time. When I upgrade my cell phone, I still keep my old phone. I wipe the phone clean and download kid games. The Wi-Fi still works on the phone without a service plan. Ooh, and the kids love to bring the old smartphones everywhere as it fits their hand better than a tablet. They can play games on the old smartphone while their tablet is charging in the car, etc. Also, if the child is old enough, not recommended for toddlers, you can add 911 in the contacts and an older child will have access to 911 if they ever need to use it. Cool. The Federal Communications Commission requires all cell phone service providers like Sprint Horizon, etc. to accept 911 calls from any wireless phone, even one that no longer has a phone number or service contract. That's my dad hack respectfully greg c thank you that's really cool i had no idea okay here's another great one from penny um she writes aloha christina aloha penny 
My kids are grown and I've been through it all. My best tip to new moms is to buy several of those waterproof crib pads that have the elastic snaps that go around the slats of the crib and stack those puppies up in layers. Oh, I like that. I wish I would have known that. No one wants to spend 20 minutes in the middle of the night changing tight fitted sheets in the crib if a diaper leaks or God forbid there is vomiting going on. Just pull off the top layer and call it good. Let's be real. If your kid is sick and puking all night, you probably are too. And ain't nobody got time for that. Get that kid back to sleep. Mahalo for all the great podcast entertainment, Penny. Thank you. I have a feeling Penny lives in um, Hawaii. That's a really good idea to do the multiple layers on the crib. I do that tomorrow amazon 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 also use amazon what are you doing with your life all right i think that's it have i got anything else did i miss anything uh native um i mean we got a we got a voicemail or two with some mom okay let's too. do it oh good oh good i love these i love these let's hear hi it. christina my name's lenae i'm in florida i have two things i have a mom hack and a question mom hack for co-sleeping with your baby and still having mommy and daddy time um for us we have our bed son that he's able to get in and out of himself. So we put him down in his bedroom first. That gives us three to four hours before he's up and in our bed. So we get to actually co-sleep and enjoy that along with having some time to do other things with each other. Um, my next question is, or my next part's question is, um, what do we call our children's genitalia? For our son, we, we don't want to call it a penis. Penis just sounds crazy. Or weird, but we had decided to call it penis because not only does it actually refer to what it is, but it sounds kind of cute, but not, you know, putting it down by calling it a wee wee. So, anyways, my question is what do we call our kids' <laughs> genitalia? Thanks. Uh, man, I thought penis was cool, and I'm cool with penis and vagina. I don't know. Are we afraid? I mean, I guess some people are uh, weird about those words. Um, I mean, hey, then again, I make my kids say dump for poo or brown. So uh, what are some good words for uh, dong, schlong, pecker, hog? Right. But then I guess the question is, it's are fun. those alternatives better than just saying penis? penis? Like, I mean, yes, it would be way funnier to hear those words come out of a kid's mouth. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. So let's give them. Yeah. Right. Dong. Yeah, it's win-win. Weenus. They could say something. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then it's fun. No, for I, I'm all actually. I take it back. At first, I was like, just make him say penis. On second thought, it's way more entertaining to hear a three-year-old say like a funny slang word for it. You know, I like weenus, wang, dong, meat. <laughs> Come on, Potter. I know you got him on deck. <laughs> Where is Josh Potter? He's got the, the yeah, words. Josh, what are some uh, Come on, some let's go. Wiener. Wiener. We said that one. Uh, what did you say? Dong. Dong. Meat. Meat. Dick. Dick would be Dick funny. is too dirty. He'll get in trouble at school. The key is not to get him in trouble yeah. at school. Ooh, we could go Jewish. I could help on this. Sure. Schmeckle. Oh, Schmeckle. <laughs> got him. I love Schmeckle. Schmeckle. Yiddish. Always good. <laughs> what about for the vagine? The vagines. Oh, oh it'd, it'd be so funny if you taught him Yoni. Yoni. That's a nice one, Yoni. Or Yanni. Yanni. Is that is that Yiddish? No, I mean I think that's what the those like the hippies the hippies call. Yeah, vagina. the Yoni. I like vagine. Um That's good. Meat slab. Cooter. Cooch. I don't know. Those are disgusting. Oh, fanny? That's what fanny. that's what British people say. Yeah, right? they call it their fanny, their cooch, yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's, it's, you know, it's case by case, but, um, I'm going with dong or wang. It's okay. funny to hear a three-year-old be like my dong. <laughs> I gotta take a pee out of my dong. All right. What else you got, mommy? Go. Hi, Christina. My name's Erica. I'm from San Antonio and I am a varsity mom. Oh. I have a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old and I don't know if this is a mom fail or a mom win, but I recently changed my schedule at work, so I get off an hour earlier, but I haven't exactly told my husband that <laughs> I've been getting off an hour earlier each day, yeah. so I've just been using that hour to, you know, go to Target. Yeah. I coincidentally work at a massage parlor, so I uh, I get massages for about 30 minutes, and then I just wander on home, whereas he 
you know, is um, in the school shuffle, so he's picking up my son from school, and then he has to go to work after I get home. So, um, yeah, so that's my mom fail slash win. Thanks, Mommy. Good for you. Never tell him about that free hour. That is yours to keep. I'm all about keeping secrets. And let me tell you something, all right? The dads, they leisurely do stuff. Like, my husband will go out and be like, oh, I got to go, I got to get some Starbucks. Cut to two hours later. I'm like, where the hell have you been? I'm home alone with these kids. I know you didn't just go to Starbucks. Like, they take their time at work. Oh, I got to work. Oh, bullshit. I know it doesn't take that long to, you know, go record a podcast and come home. They're they're out slacking. You enjoy that hour, sister, and don't tell a damn soul. Good for you. All right, guys, uh, leave me a voicemail at 213-375-5184. Leave me your mom hacks, your mom fails, uh, your most intimate mom secrets, your mom shames. Leave me some stuff about mom boards. Now I'm curious and send me videos. I love your video submissions as well. Email them to at at gmail.com. I love hearing anything and everything, all things mom. So thanks for joining me this week. And uh, I hope to, you know, see you next week. And I'm going to go home to my sick kids and I'm going to Watch Little Sesame Street. Alvin and the Chipmunks is actually what uh, Ellis is into these days. And tuck them in and then uh, go watch Netflix. <laughs> right. Bye-bye, moms. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at. Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at. Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at. Where my mom's at.